it was all centered on making something that we were proud of. Um, and I think for me, part of the journey that's been so fun is almost every step of this, you put everything you've got into it, and then you have no idea what's going to happen next. And I think that's been true uh, for the last year and a half. Welcome to the Channel Mastery Podcast. If you're a specialty business and brand leader obsessed with understanding what the most effective channels are today to connect with, serve, and sell to your target consumers, then you've just found the perfect podcast and community. My name is Kristen Carpenter, and I'm your host and the founder of Verde Brand Communications, the presenting sponsor of Channel Mastery. Verde created the Channel Mastery Podcast to level the playing field for the specialty brands we serve. Every week on this show, we study how consumer preferences are changing and the evolving channels they like to use to engage with their favorite brands. Once again, welcome to Channel Mastery and subscribe today. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Channel Mastery Podcast. I am so, so excited to introduce my three guests to you today. I have Todd Bennett and Ben Farrow, who are both co-founders of Open Road Ski Company, as well as James Niehaus, who is the man behind the maps. And that is the book that we're going to talk about, the journey, the story, So many of you listening here today are familiar with Jim's work, and we are going to talk about what it's been like for him to have this amazing career and to turn it into an amazing body of work in the Man Behind the Maps hardcover book, which went through a Kickstarter and now a physical product launch. Verity has had the absolute honor of partnering with Man Behind the Maps and the three gentlemen on the line here today, and I just have been so moved by their story that I wanted to share it here with you, Channel Masters. So with that, I'm going to ask Ben and Todd to do a quick introduction of themselves, and then we're going to ask Jim to give a little bit of his backstory behind his amazing job. I'm pretty sure it's one of the best jobs you could possibly have. (laughs) So let's go ahead and start with you, Ben. Can you give us a little bit of your background and uh, how you came to be a co-founder of Open Road Ski Company? Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, so I actually grew up in the outdoor industry. Uh, my father had started a company called uh, Walden Paddlers Kayaks, and I grew up building kayaks, going to uh, meet with outdoor retailers, and really doing that through college. Then I went off and started doing some environmental work and really working in renewable energy. But then as Todd and I started discovered Jim's story and uh, started this project, it really became about, hey, This is something that we feel passionate about. We really want to have for ourselves, but also share with a lot of other people. So it was uh, a lot of discussions with Jim and between the three of us, and then we just decided to go for it. That's awesome. How about you, Todd? So uh, lifelong skier. I grew up in Lake Placid, New York, um, in the shadow of the Winter Olympics. You know, I, I I think the the babysitter was in part the ski mountain. We had a little tea bar in the town, and then I got the chance to ski Whiteface when I got a little bit older. That was uh, where they had the Olympic downhills. I just always loved skiing. I, I my first trip out west, uh, it was a twenty four hour van ride from the east coast out, and we stayed in the Super Eight Motel out in uh, Loveland uh, or no Georgetown, Colorado, and we skied all the places. And I just couldn't believe the snow. So um, ultimately moved to Vail, lived there for a couple of years, and. 
now work as a um, entertainment executive in Southern California. But um, like, like Ben, you know, we're, we're fanboys. We just think Jim's work is incredible. When we kind of put together, it was the same guy behind the maps. We reached out to him and uh, formed a really great partnership. Super excited to get into that story about how you all three connected. But before I do that, let's have Jim introduce himself here as well. Yeah. Hi, I'm James Nehues, and I've been uh, painting ski maps for the last 30 years. Um, it's a dream job, of course, and, and um, I love every part of it. And there's there's a little bit of flying and some uh, photography and, and sketching, painting, and, and producing the map. So it's been a great career. I grew up on a farm in Loma, Colorado, and uh, really was not introduced to skiing until... I actually met Bill Brown and kind of uh, decided that if I'm going to do these maps, I need to ski. So I kind of learned on the job and uh, have become an intermediate skier, enjoy the slopes at the uh, height of my uh, career. And and today I've kind of retired from the skis. I'm 73 and not in great shape and I'm not a great skier. So uh, all that combination, I've decided that maybe I better just stay off the slopes and paint. And we're all grateful that you're still painting. And my guess is you're probably a better skier than you're giving yourself credit for. I do the same myself, but awesome. And it's so... <laughs> yeah. It's, I, 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 ski, I ski intermediate runs, but I ski in fear sometimes if it gets a little too steep. Right. I'm right there with you. So let's talk a little bit about how the three of you came together and formed Open Road Ski Company and produced this incredible, incredible book. I want to hear the story. Like, I obviously know that Ben, you and Todd connected on it, but like, how did the three of you come together and, and what was that aha moment? Sure. Uh, this is Todd. So Ben and I were on a ski walkabout with a couple of their friends and we were driving from Utah, Salt Lake City, where we had a couple of great days and had to get up to Whistler to meet some other friends. So it was a pretty long road trip and we're, we were in central Idaho and as we're literally driving by a place, we'd, we'd found on the map a place called Tamarack. I'd never heard of Tamarack Ski Area, and one of the one of the joys of kind of tra- traveling and wandering, wandering aimlessly through uh, ski country was finding a, a new mountain. And so we got to Tamarack, and as every skier does, they grab a trail map and start orienting themselves. And I was looking at the map, and I was just, I don't know, maybe my 40th hill. I didn't know Jim's story, but I did know that almost every ski map looks the same. And so I looked in the bottom and I saw the familiar signature. Jim has a very kind of unique style to his ease. Uh, He doesn't have the vertical on there. And I was like, wait a second, guys, I think it's the same guy. We pulled out our phones and we start doing a little bit of internet research. And I, I was like, giddy. I was like, there's one guy that's doing the whole, that's basically done every ski map I've ever seen. So that's awesome. After the trip, after the trip, I reached out to Jim, like I said, as a fan, and I think it was an email. I found his email on his website and basically said, hey, a lifelong fan would love a copy of your coffee table book. And if you don't have one, um, let's figure out how to make one for you. (laughs) That's amazing. And Ben, you were in on this too, like on the vision, you kind of felt right away that there was something really special here. Absolutely. I think it was, you know, Todd and I have talked about something like a book for for years now, um, but it really did start with the discussion of, hey, that's a book I want. And really approaching Jim to see if that would be available, um, realizing that it wasn't, you know, we said, well, how do we 
how do we really create something that we would like on our coffee tables? And that was really how the discussion started. And, you know, it, it took some time to kind of come together on it. But, you know, in the meantime, we were kind of already working on how do we produce this? How do we design it? All those questions you have to have with a product. And neither of you had a background in that, correct? Uh, yeah, this, this is no Oh, well, uh, I'd like to uh, uh, yeah, please. make a, a comment here. And, you know, when I got that email, I thought, well, here's a fan and he wants to put out a book, but he has no background in it. And I really don't know that, he's, that he knows what he's getting into. So it took me a while. But as I got to know these guys, I realized that their their heart is really into it and their backgrounds were such that they could learn. And uh, it, it was just amazing to see it happen. Todd put together an amazing team, all of them skiers, by the way, which was a big decision on why I decided to go ahead with this uh, with them, uh, because I felt that it'd make a big difference in the book if it was produced entirely by skiers, uh, the the, uh, the enthusiasts that, are, that, that have their hearts into it. And their passion is, is skiing. Mm-hmm. I have to say, it is such an amazing vision. And Jim, obviously, you've amassed an incredible body of work. And we're going to talk about, you know, what some of the, you know, favorite aspects of that work have been. But can you talk a little bit about what it means to you to have all of your book in one beautiful collection like this? Is it something that you've wanted throughout your career? Or is it something that maybe you kind of realized you were excited about once you saw the opportunity? Can you give us a little bit of background on that? Yes. Uh, back in the mid-1990s, I was be- beginning to realize that that I've done quite a few ski areas. And I thought, well, but maybe perhaps someday there would be a, a book produced. So I you know, kind of wrote it in my contracts then that I had book rights. And, and through the next few years, I, I, my contracts changed to where uh, I did on the, the copyrights and uh, so forth. But uh, it, it's incredible to see everything in, collected like this. And uh, I've had fans ask me for years, for, uh, do you have a book? Or uh, they'll ask for different prints and so forth. And now everything is in one book. I, I am still painting, so... Not everything's in that book, but uh, most certainly the the uh, the bulk of my work uh, is represented in this ski book. And it, I think that Todd and Ben, to your credit, you have produced a museum quality book here. And I now know your story. Obviously, having worked with you, there could have been no other no other way to present this. I mean, it, it truly is like a top tier product in terms of look and feel and just the way that Jim's work is presented. So, um, and we will have links, of course, as we always do in the show notes to everything that we're referring to here, including, you know, different websites and, and uh, different media reviews, et cetera. And, and even some events that if you're listening and are interested in meeting Jim, that you can in the few next few months here, where re- this is going to be released in early December, 2019. But before we um, kind of get too in the weeds in terms of like what we're here to, di- the part of what we're here to discuss today for my incredible audience is we are very interested in kind of launches and um, being remarkable to the end consumer and how uh, innovation is happening in terms of like creating emotional engagement with that end consumer. And I think this is obviously for all three of you, but you have a, a product here that I think really hits 
the heartstrings of anybody who is a mountain sport enthusiast, but especially a skier. I think that the body of work that is presented in this book is it's an anthology. It has a bit of like a historical feel to it. And what I love most about it, as we talk so much about digital communities, digital launches, and you know, obviously we have a lot to dig into here in terms of how you guys brought this book to life. This is a human over algorithm story. And I just feel it's so, so important because my audience is comprised of specialty brands, specialty retailers, people who really care about that emotional connection that a brand, a product, and a retail experience can bring to somebody, something they self-identify with. And I'm pretty sure I've never had on this show, and I've done over 115 episodes, a product like this book that pretty much is an emotional connection in a book. Like that anybody who has skied or, or had one of your maps, Jim, I mean, my kids and I collect them whenever we go to different areas. And to have the opportunity to like see this in one place is remarkable. But I love that it's a human over algorithm story. So I'd love for you guys to comment on just what it meant to you to kind of capture this and deliver this to us at a time when algorithms are really taking over so much of our day to day. Yeah, this is Todd. I, I think for me, um, the reason this connects so well is we started, and, and Jim probably remembers well, when we were getting started out, it was all about, let's make something that we are proud of. Let's make something that, because we really didn't know. We had no idea how this was going to grow or not grow. We, you know, we, we had a Kickstarter campaign where we tried to raise $8,000 and we we plowed through that number in I think the first three hours of of the campaign. So but but it was all centered on it was all centered on making something that we were proud of. Um and I think for me part of the journey that's been so fun is almost every step of this, you put everything you've got into it and then you have no idea what's going to happen next. And I think that's been true uh for the last year and a half. But uh, you know it all centers on I think making a great product and and Jim's story is just remarkable. It's uh, it's a a guy, as I've gotten to know Jim and really the work and that he does, I mean, he puts so much care and dedication into making a map that is functional for a skier. And it's just, in my opinion, he takes a 3D image and flatten it better than anybody on the planet. And, and I think he may be one of the last great hand-made uh, map makers that we've seen. You know, so many things have gone digital Google Maps is so great. I mean, it's such a great tool, but the digital maps that are out there for skiing today, they just don't, they don't know how to flatten. And that's something that Jim brings, the human element, the, the creative side of how you just take something that's truly three-dimensional and bring it into a single sheet of paper. I, and I agree with you that the Google offering, if you will, it, it can't even hold a candle to this. And Jim, I'd love to ask you a few questions about this process. And one specific question I wanted to start with is, can you tap into your favorite part of the process when you have the opportunity to create a map? Uh, sure. This is Jim. And you know, I'll just kind of take a project uh, and walk it through how I work with it. I will get on Google Earth and review the mountain, look at different perspectives and so forth, and get a good feel for for the mountain so that I can portray it. And and once I've done that, I can then give the give the client a, a quote and uh, advise him which I feel would be the best perspective and move on. The next step is to uh, get aerial photography. 
And uh, most of the time, I'll try to get up and do that, especially on the large ski areas. Uh, but some small ski areas just don't have the budgets to get me out to their spot for a visit. So I will work with the people there, the uh, marketing directors, and uh, direct them into exactly what I need to get. And and once I receive their aerials, I'll uh, review all the aerials. There there'll be many, probably a hundred a hundred shots to a hundred and fifty on a large ski area of all the detail around the mountain. And, and, um, these aerials are, I start out at, uh, 1500 feet above the summit and do panoramic shots and then uh, lower the plane to 500 feet above and start getting all the detail. And the last pass would be maybe mid mountain and shooting all the base area. So once all these are comprised, I, uh, I, I by that time will have it in my head of just how I want to portray this and, and how I can do it. And if it's a difficult mountain with uh, three different sides to it or, you know, that wraps around, I can visualize that and the, and the distortions that I need to go through to pull those uh, slopes around and show them on a flat piece of paper. I do that with a with a great deal of care, and this is probably the most important part of of uh, composing this scene. Uh, so I really have to keep the relativity of all the different elements in perspective and present it as the skier would envision it on the slopes. So even though a lot of distances are changed uh, to the skier, they will seem absolutely accurate and that's what i strive to do the the next step after the sketch is completed is to to project that onto a a painting surface and what i will do is copy off trace off every detail that is on the sketch uh, to to make sure that it is the approved image that the client has looked at once that's done we go into the painting stages and this is a stage that uh, uh, first, I use an airbrush for the for the sky, and and then move on into the slopes. Once the slopes, all the uh, uh, terrain is represented with snow, I'll uh, I'll paint in the shadows of the trees, and then the trees come on, and then I just work down the mountain, finishing at the base. The elements that I like enjoy probably the most would be the flying. I I just uh, really enjoy. Uh, being up in the air and looking down on the magnificent terrain that I get a chance to see. And, and, and this is, I think, one of the most important things about it is to present this ski area as it is. You know, it's out in the wild. It's, it's experiencing, experiencing the great outdoors. And that's something that I want to really portray. I, I want to show this ski area with all its potential. And, you know, and when a skier goes out skiing, he's not only skiing down that slope, he's, he's enjoying the fresh air, the, uh, the crispness, the, uh, the, the exercise, just the experience. And that's what I hope to convey. And I can present it in a way that when they look at a trail map, they can say, this is, this is what I'm going to experience. I don't have a job. I, I have a, a passion for it. It's so evident. And that was just incredible to hear you describe that process. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I do have to say, there's no way that any kind of a digital solution could 
even touch like the what you bring to this in terms of like the actual experience of being out there there is a quality to these maps and i think anybody who has seen them and i think the majority of my audience probably has cannot deny that there actually is an experiential component to this like you're not looking at a 3d rendering you're actually looking at an experience, which is what I think people collect these for. And, and I, I know that, you know, people hold on to these like souvenirs, like treasured. I had a great day there. I'm going to hold on to this. I mean, as I said, both my kids do, and I know a lot of pro athletes do. And it's just, it's something that I feel that ties, we have a close community in the outdoor active lifestyle markets um, anyway, but I think this type of a presentation in this book really aligns us all like anybody who's ever been skiing at a ski area. And I also just want to add, um, it's important that this work exists now as resorts and on snow destinations continue to become more marketed and have more sophisticated branding. They do a great job, I think, depicting their ideal customer having a great time at the resort. But what you bring to the table in this experience, I think, anchors the authenticity and the genuineness of what they're going to have as an experience at the mountain. Would Ben and Todd, would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree with that. And I was thinking back to the design of the book and how we were trying to tie it to that experience. Uh, because a lot of things that you just said, Kristen, about experience, about getting out there, about ex- feeling nature, right? That's what we all ski or snowboard for. And we do that in some ways. And often it's a good, a great excuse to kind of put down the digital world and really be in nature. And as we work through the book, we said it's so important that you have that feel and that good tactile feel to the whole process so that you do feel that experience of being out in the mountains, looking at a map, be it as you would a trail map in your pocket or standing there at the ski area. All that was really part of the thought process that led into the, to the product and really bringing people back to the experience. And that's also what we've heard a lot from our customers or through this process is people are going, I remember the time that yep. I was at this mountain or this day or this time with my kids. All that's been part of the whole audience participation in the, in the whole project from the beginning. That's not easy to capture in a physical product like this. Todd, do you have anything you'd like to weigh in on in terms of maybe a couple tweaks that you guys decided to add in in terms of presentation that helped to preserve this vision of gyms? Yeah, I think I think a couple of things. We wanted to make sure that Jim's art stood out. So you'll see the design is is kind of a minimalist design to the book. It's it's very classy. There's a lot of white. There's a lot of open space, and so it it really focuses and highlights Jim's work. But I think to the emotional connection, a, a good friend of ours, Lexi from Ski Utah, was looking at the book, and she said, um, "It was the three of us, four of us uh, hanging out," and she said, "Jim, I don't see the mountain." Or her home mountain of Snowbird. She's like, I don't see the mountain. See, I, I see Jim's map in my mind when I think about Snowbird. And I, I can't think of a, a greater testament to a lifelong skier to say, I don't, I don't have this like actual view of the mountain. I just have Jim's map burned into my mind on where I am and what I'm doing on the mountain. I think that's I love it. such high praise. It is. Jim, how does it feel to you to hear a lifelong skier say that about her home mountain when she's referring to your work? It's, it's, it's just uh, very gratifying and, and you know, it's, it's a goal that I had in mind, you know, uh, the uh, ski map image is the most visible and most used image that any ski area uses. 
you know, if, if it's a good representation, it, it will represent a good ex- ski experience. And I wanted it to be something that would be retained and dreams would be made over it, you know, that the people would get into it and explore it. And I think to really sustain that type of interest that, that it needs all the detail, it needs to have the authenticity to it. And for somebody to look at it, see, it is a piece of artwork, so it's not a photograph. And, and I wanted to cross that line and people that look at it feel like they're looking at something that is absolutely recorded as a photograph would be and it is absolutely true and uh, so uh, uh, that's been the background of my work since day one and it's something we learned from Bill Brown you know uh, get the detail and and present it in a well way that's amazing. So I have to ask you, Jim, if you don't mind, what are some of the top two flights that you've taken? And then I'd love for you to also talk about what it's been like for you to work overseas. Yeah, the top flights. Well, uh, the memorable flights aren't always the good flights, you know. Uh, <laughs> I had one over Montreal. I was working for Snow Country Magazine and we were on a time schedule. And so there wasn't any waiting around for the uh, opportune time and and it was a very very cold day the winds were not howling but they were certainly there and uh, the clouds were kind of passing through so we took off from the airport uh, my pilot we both had uh, our coats on because it wasn't warm inside that little piper cub and uh, as we got towards the towards the mountain that i had the photograph uh it uh it became clear that the windows weren't going to stay clear enough to photograph out of. So um, I, uh, we scrambled around. I thought, well, uh, my credit card. So I got out my credit card and I scraped the ice off the, the window, was shooting. And then alternatively, you know, I'd be grabbing that credit card and scraping it off again. And, and and we got the job done. We were bounced around a lot and uh, sure glad to get down out of the air on that one. But most I of my bet. flights are are beautiful. You know, most of my flights are uh, done in good weather. And, and one of another one that I particularly uh, remember is uh, doing Grand Targhee uh, up in uh, Wyoming. And, of course, Grand Targhee is right on the back of the Grand Tetons. And, uh, after it was a, it was a day that was absolutely clear, absolutely still, there was no air movement and it was the most, the smoothest ride that I ever, I'd ever been on. And, uh, the pilot said, well, you want to get close to the Grand Teton? And I said, sure. And we flew so close around the Grand Teton that I, that I remember thinking, golly, if I just jumped out of this plane right now and landed down there in that snow drift and uh, it would be fine <laughs> that's um, awesome it, it was just it was just so incredible to fly that close to such a magnificent peak and and experience the uh, the thrill of just that flight was tremendous that's amazing how about like one of your international destinations can you share one of those most memorable experiences with us yes let me um all right yeah uh, I've got several of them, but I think I'll probably just go up into Canada and Alberta and talk about that one. That particular one, 
I met the pilot and we uh, took off from a from a field and and this is a field with creases in it and so we bounced along and took off and we we uh, headed up into the um, the peaks in around Lake Louise uh, it was just a uh, fabulous because of all the glaciers and all the uh, turquoise blue lakes and and uh, it, it was just an incredible flight because of the terrain another one that i remember was uh, okay forgot that one <laughs> just a minute here. you have so many there's this other one i'd like to bring up i have one i'd like to ask you about what about a story from japan don't have any stories from Japan. I've done one ski area over there, and that was actually through a company that was uh, hired by them to produce the trail map. Okay. Yes. I just was curious because so I've good. been eyeing a trip over there myself, so I thought I'd ask selfishly. I, love you. <laughs> well, I would like to get over there, but, uh, you know, I've got some experiences down in Australia and New Zealand. Of course, those are all tremendous too. And and I do have one in New Zealand that I could share with you. And please, um, I was uh, contracted by a ski area down in New Zealand, uh, right on uh, Queensland, Queenstown area. It was a remarkables. And uh, it was owned by at that time, at least by Air New Zealand. And so we we uh, flew down there and from Queensland, why as we were uh, you know, waiting to for some weather to kind of clear up at the mountain, why uh, he suggested that uh, in the next day, why me and my wife could join him in a flight over to Milford Sound. And we said we were just delighted. And when that flight took place, why we left Queenstown and flew up over the the rise, the uh, the pass there, and and towards uh, towards Milford Sound, and and all that flight was very good. And we came over there and landed on a little dirt strip, and and from there, why we took a boat out into the sound and and uh, uh, experienced the the sound itself. When we got back and got on the plane, we took off, and from that moment that we took off, we didn't fly above ground level, I don't think, the entire trip until we came over the pass. And and what I'm saying is we flew in canyons. We went up past uh, the uh, second largest waterfall in the world, and, and he had to show both sides of the plane the view. So uh, he got over on one side of the canyon to where the wingtip was, I would say, dangerously close. And uh, all of a sudden, he had banked that plane, and he, he banked that plane so uh, tight that it was uh, uh, uncomfortable to make the turn. And then the other side of the plane could see the waterfall, and then we made another turn and went back up the canyon. And we went up that canyon, and I have a shot uh, looking out through the uh, cockpit. It was an open cockpit to the pilots. And we, you could see nothing but mountains dead ahead of us. And, and uh, I was beginning to wonder, all right, now, this plane doesn't have the capacity to go up over that mountain. What's going to happen? And uh, sure enough, all of a sudden, we did a hard right bank, and we went down another canyon. And we just uh, kept lowering as the canyon uh, lowered in altitude. And we came down to a lake, and we skimmed across the lake at 
at uh, it, I'm sure that we were in ground effect. And uh, <laughs> over, on the, over, on the, over on the other side was uh, a gentle slope up. And uh, he did not raise that plane at all. I, he just stayed in ground effect, and we went right up that slope and up over the pass then and back to Queenstown. That sounds but incredible. It was, a, a it was a very memorable flight that my wife was ready to wring their necks. <laughs> I bet. I'm so great. I'm grateful that you're able to share these because, again, for people who own the book, are looking forward to receiving the book as a gift or who are going to be gifting this book, like it's so great to have you be able to bring life to just the whole process, like the, the life of the work behind it. It's not just one map. And I think this is how you've developed this incredible ability to enable, like to create this um, flattening and the distortions, as you say, that are necessary without the viewer realizing anything has been altered. And I feel like that's something that only uh, an experienced human eye with an, a definitely an artist eye can capture. So thank you for sharing that. And before we wrap up today, I would be remiss because my audience loves to talk about audience discovery, engagement, and all of that. I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about, Jim, like what your first take was when Todd and Ben came to you with the idea of doing a Kickstarter for this. Like, can the three of you maybe talk about that a little bit, and then we'll, we'll go into the actual physical product launch. Well, okay, yeah, I, I uh, kind of covered it a while ago, but um, of course, whenever Todd first brought this up in an email, um, you know, I let it sit for a few days and run it by Dora, and um, we discussed it, and so uh, we did re respond. But uh, my first thought was that, uh, yeah, I've been wanting a book for years and years, and 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 I was seventy three, and and I hadn't really had any offers to that point of any any publisher coming forward and saying we'd like to do your book. So we further engaged with uh, Todd and um, and gained more and more confidence and and decided hey, you know, this has a real chance and uh, and I, and I just like the idea of working with a uh, with a fan, with a uh, person that that was so uh, into the skiing and my representation of it that he followed it so well. So uh, uh, it, it was risky, I think, uh, at that time. Certainly, if I'd uh, and, and later on, actually, later on, as we just really, this is something. I, and just before I, I, Dora and I signed the contract with Todd, uh, a publisher did come forward from New York City, and uh, the um, contact there was a skier wanted to push the idea was really getting into it and and uh, so I could have got probably a uh, an upfront um, uh, payment for it and uh, it, it would it would have been a sure thing through that publisher to get this book published so we had to make a choice and uh, Dora and I it did not take us long really uh, we really looked at it and decided you know it's 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 a bit of a chance but we really felt the book would be a better book um, because of the passions that I saw in Todd and Ben and the crew that uh, that, that Todd had put together. They were all skiers. Uh, this would be a, a, a purer book, I felt, and uh, I'm sure glad that that happened. I am as well. 
How about you, Todd and Ben? I know you both alluded to earlier in our conversation that you would basically not know, like you would set down a direction and commit to it and be like, okay, we'll see what happens. Give us a little bit of insight on the Kickstarter and then we'll go into how you actually brought the end end product to life this fall. Sure. Um, this is Todd. So the Ben and I debated a lot about how we were going to launch this book. How are we going to get things going? And you know, we weren't sure. We weren't sure if Kickstarter was still a relevant platform, if it was the right platform for us. But I think um, after a lot of debate, we said, you know, it's it just has that right feel. It has a feel that a community will build around, that, that somebody can get excited about, that people can could actually bring something to life. Because, um, you know, Ben and I, not being traditional publishers, um, we didn't we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of backing to, to make it happen. And so it was also a great way to test um, how big of a project that we are getting ourselves into. So for a, a couple of months prior to the Kickstarter campaign, Jim and I uh, and the team worked together on building out Jim's social media following. And that was, um, that really took off. Um, you know, Instagram, I would say is probably the best format for Jim. Uh, we've got over 20,000 followers now, now, but um, you know, we, we were able to get four or 5,000 followers prior to the Kickstarter campaign. So we had a platform to announce the project. And, um, you know, early folks like Chris Saka, um, uh, one of the sharks from Shark Tank, picked up on Jim's social media feed early and he helped push Jim's message. And so we just, the outpouring of support when we launched Kickstarter, all of the mountains, the ski mountains that were willing and happy to push on their social feeds that the project was live, um, really went from a project that Ben and I, the night before Kickstarter launch, were questioning, should we drop our uh, our our funding requirement from eight thousand dollars to six thousand dollars, which in, in hindsight is comical, but we were literally debating for probably forty five minutes. Is eight thousand dollars too much to ask? And um, <laughs> fortunately for us, the number one Kickstarter campaign of all time for art illustration, and five hundred ninety thousand dollars and five fifty five hundred backers later, we uh, we couldn't have been more thrilled with how. Um, the brand of Kickstarter and the ski community kind of came together to get this project going. That's incredible. I mean, truly incredible. And how did Jason Blevins get involved in this? Uh, Jason Blevins. Yeah, go, go ahead, Ben. I was going to say, so Jason, um, you know, Jason was one of a number of writers that really stood out to us as really knowing outdoors, but also, um, being interested in how to tell stories. And so, you know, working through, working with Jason, working with a number of, of other folks, you know, it really came together to say, you know, Jason's journalistic approach to things was the right way to tell this story because it is really, you know, a, a chronicle of Jim's life and work, but also you mentioned earlier, Kristen, it's kind of a, a, a museum piece. So you wanted to really bring out how do people, how does Jim paint? How the history runs. So Jason was the was the right fit for that. He's a he's a hugely passionate skier as well, um, and so that kind of made him part of the uh, part of the team. 
That's amazing. And he is, I'll put links to, uh, you know, Jason's work with the the Colorado Sun. He's definitely a house favorite at Verde and in the industry. And we were just delighted to meet you through Jason. So all of that, I think, turned out great. So let's let's wrap up by just talking about what it was like for the three of you to see the physical book together for the first time. And um, I think that would be a really great place to end, even though the story is far from over. Obviously, we're still in the process of introducing this work far and wide to the world and we're having incredible reception, but let's talk about what it was like to hold that baby for the first time. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll set this up, Jim. I won't, I won't give my impression, but I'd like to set this up. Um, we had, this is Todd, Ben and I had sent uh, an advanced copy to Jim. Um, you know, as soon as we got them air, uh, shipped from the printer over in Italy. And this, the only setup I can give is, you know, Jim had trusted us, you know, two guys that are skiers and know how to get stuff done, but not necessarily traditional publishers. He had trust, trusted us to, to build his legacy and, and to tell his story. And so that's something Ben and I took very, very seriously. But I can tell you, um, we were watching the tracking number as it approached Jim's house. And I think my palms were getting sweatier because, you know, that, that kind of pressure that we put on ourselves to tell the story was, um, was real. And I, I remember, uh, you know, calling Jim and, and just like being really nervous. Is Jim going to like what we produced? And, and so maybe I'll turn it over to Jim. Well, yes. Uh, I liked it, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but you have, to, you have to understand that, that we'd been working with this for months and months and, and uh, we were seeing proofs back and forth. Um, and so I knew the layout, I knew the cover, I knew, um, uh, what to expect. And, uh, and, and I guess whenever I first got it, uh, I, I was impressed with the package. I was impressed with the carton that it came in, uh, because you knew exactly what you had on the front step. It, it uh, had my little signature on it. And, uh, so you knew uh, that it was the book and I picked it up excitedly and brought it in and, and opened it up and, uh, um, was, was just, uh, overwhelmingly impressed with the quality feel of it. The, um, the, the even the weight of it, you know, I, I mean, this was a substantial book and, uh, and and I think that's important. It's a book that will sit on the coffee table and uh, not grow old. It 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 it'll fit into any decor. Uh, it's it's there, not uh, glaringly, but just there. And uh, that's really what I wanted. And uh, so the 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 cover idea. Um, I think that was probably a lot of Todd's uh, design uh, concept on that. Putting a sketch on the. I uh, I originally was going for a more um, colorful cover, uh, but was uh, but was uh, uh, turned to the other side by uh, the simplicity of it and keeping that simplicity um, so that uh, more attention is drawn into the book and into the contents. Uh, the weight of the paper was great. The uh, the uh, the uh, color was spot on. Um, so uh, I could pre I, I could present the the uh, every ski area and the colors that I really wanted the skiers to see the viewers because uh, lots of times my images will be distorted or they'll be um, 
you know, some of these are reduced to black and white uh, for trail maps, and it's not really the image that uh, that I intended the skier to see. So, uh, in this book, they are they are pure and they're as I wanted them. So I've been an, extremely impressed with uh, Todd and Ben's work, and and uh, Jason Blevins, the dry, well, the writer, was. Uh, spot on on everything and it was just a great influence and on the book that's amazing and i just want to say um that book will sit on the laps of multiple generations going forward that's really what i feel about it and i i feel like that's an incredible nod to the impact that you have and will continue to have for a long time jim and i just want to thank you so much for bringing your voice to this this incredible incredible story in this amazing book and i i have to have hats off to todd and ben for having the vision and for just being so tenacious <laughs> i've heard about you know about some of this journey you guys have had to be very focused and very you know just tenacious frankly to get this thing across the line in a way that really upheld the style that you knew had to be there and it's all there. And I just love that you were able to bring it together. We're delighted to work on this with you. And I'm so, so grateful we were able to share your story, Jim, in your own words today with my incredible audience here at Channel Mastery. Well, thank you, Tristan. It's uh, been a pleasure and thanks for having us. Of course. And thank you, Todd and Ben as well. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. It's been Great working uh, with the Verde team as well as the whole extended book team. So we're, we're looking forward to uh, what comes next. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we will be uh, sharing on social media, obviously, and hopefully in a future podcast, maybe in the spring, about how the launch ended up going. I think it would be fascinating to talk about bringing a product like this to life through so many various digital platforms, but ultimately a beautiful printed piece from all of that. It's just such an incredible orchestration of, I think, what we can do in terms of reach with um, channels and technology, but also preserving a true human-to-human story and experience in this book. So thank you so much. This has been a very special story to share. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you're finding value in the Channel Mastery Podcast, and I certainly hope you are, I'd love to ask that you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, as well as rate and review the show on iTunes. Doing so helps more people discover the content, more specialty business and brand leaders can be helped by the incredible resources we're offering every week on the show. I also would like to invite you to join our community at channelmastery.com or verdepr.com. Sign up with your email and you'll receive special resources and content created just for friends of the podcast. You'll also receive advanced notice of new Channel Mastery trainings and offerings. Thanks for listening and see you next week.